0: Hebrews chapter 10, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 10, see. Hebrews 5, 10, see. Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Father, this morning we're glad to return to this text as we introduced it last Lord's Day morning. The writer of Hebrews is confronting individuals who have become dull in hearing concerning the blessedness of Christ. They have forgotten some of the things that they knew before, and they stand in spiritual need of hearing them again. It is clear that the Spirit of God is pressing upon the heart of the writer to move on to other matters of depth and profundity. But such matters of depth and profundity are difficult, difficult to speak and difficult to hear, and require a heart and a mind that is bent towards the things of Christ. And so we pray that as we work in this introduction to the interlude, as we work with some of the things that cause people to be dull in hearing, that the Spirit of God would alert our minds and hearts that we would uniquely take the steps necessary to prepare ourselves to hear and to appropriate the things of Christ, both the things that are easy and childlike, as well as the things that are profound and very adult-like. Help us not to be slow and sluggish if spirit, but help us to be energized and alive in relationship to the things of Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And for his blessed sake, amen. Catalytic converter. I replaced the catalytic converter on my 1981 Oldsmobile wagon four times in four years. General Motors went good on each of them because they knew that they had an engineering problem. But unfortunately for me, their re-engineering attempts were <laughs> were not very successful. Uh, The car, the 81 Alls, would run like a top for a few months, and then it would start to get sluggish and unresponsive until eventually it wouldn't go at all until another catalytic converter was installed. Then it ran like a top until it began to be sluggish. And then it would be so slow until it stopped, until another catalytic converter was installed. And then it would run like a top. On a cold winter's day in Iowa, only blocks from the church that I was pastoring at the time, Sherry slid through a stop sign and wrecked that car And it was a happy day because Sherry was okay and the car wasn't. I never traded in a vehicle. I never got an insurance check. I never went through a process in all my life that was so pleasing to say, thank God in Greyhound she's gone, uh, as that day uh, when the 81 Oles was gone, G-O-N-E, gone. Gone. I said that this morning just to say to you that I've experienced in the physical realm some sluggishness in life. And when the writer of Hebrews addresses the dullness of hearing concerning the word of Christ in verse 11, he uses a word for dull that we understand in the sense of slow and sluggish. Here's a group of people that it becomes spiritually slow or spiritually sluggish. You can see that spiritual sense of sluggishness in many unbelievers and certainly in a few believers, especially when they're living in a carnal state. We are calling the scripture section beginning at 511 and running through 620 an interlude. And we're calling it interlude because Melchizedek is the man named just before 511, and Melchizedek is renamed in chapter 6 and verse 20 to end the section. So it runs from introduction of Melchizedek, nothing nothing about him, 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 until 620, Melchizedek. And so you have this interlude from 511 to 620 in which... The hard things of God's messenger, as he desired to share them about the connection between Christ and Melchizedek, had to be delayed in order for there to be an opportunity to address the evident sluggishness or dullness of hearing within that original audience. Now, we can easily see in verses 11 through 14... The symptoms of spiritual sluggishness, and we first spoke last week of symptom number one, which we called uh, spiritual development, a lack of spiritual development, if you will, uh, a lack of growth in the Lord. Uh, Someone has said in kind of a corny way that, that people that are believers today are often in trouble for the same reason that people fall out of bed. They lay down. Too close to where they get in. Think about that. Have you laid down too close to where you got in? Uh, Spiritual slugginess can be evident by nature of a lack of spiritual development. We said that the lack of spiritual drive or push or enthusiasm, if you will, for living after the fashion of Christ results in number one, spiritual development problems. Even though enough time had passed for a righteous expectation uh, to be associated with the Hebrews concerning their spiritual maturity, uh, they were sadly of the category that were greatly exposed and yet poorly developed. They needed to be taught again. The Old Testament foundations of promise, they needed to be taught again. The Old Testament foundations of prophecy that add up to a correct identity concerning Messiah, the person, and the work of Christ. The person that is dull of hearing the revelation of Jesus as the Christ will have significant spiritual development problems with all of its associated instability and weak-mindedness. This morning we're moving on to talk about three other symptoms, three other ways in which a hearing problem concerning the Word of God results in a particular symptom, if you will, as identified here in the text as we continue in it. I show you the words, verse 12, for when time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. We talked about that as spiritual development and now I want to speak to you about spiritual digestion from these words and are become such as have need of baby formula and have become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. The Hebrews that were addressed had come to need something that should have been a long time beyond them. They had come to need a strict liquid diet, being unable to digest solid food. Now, there are two times in physical life when a strict liquid diet is in order. One, you're a baby. Two, you're very sick. And one of the, uh, one of the uh, uh, symptoms of not developing in Christ is added to this idea of an inability to digest the things of God. The deep things of God, the strong things of God, in this passage, likened to food, meat, if you will. And in fact, the text goes on to say, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And of course, the problem with the Hebrews was not that they were still just baby Christians but that they were of a nature to be back on the broth. They were back in need of spiritual milk because of the fact of their sickness and sluggishness in hearing and appropriating the Word of God. It'll be worth our time to take just a quick aside and remind ourselves of what the Scripture teaches in First Corinthians chapter 2. And verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 begins to explain to us the idea of spiritual digestion. Spiritual digestion. 14. The natural man, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges or discerns all things, yet he himself is discerned of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind, the thinking of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye Able, for ye are carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walking or living in this world as mere unsaved men? Quite a passage. The Apostle Paul in that passage in 1 Corinthians 2 starts out by talking about the natural man, the unsaved person, and says that the unsaved man does does not digest, does not understand, does not grasp, does not appropriate spiritual truths. And the reason that he does not is because he cannot. The reason that he does not is because he cannot. Have you ever understood anything clearly of Scripture? Question, how did you answer the Spirit of God? There's a reason why the University of Michigan doesn't have an advanced course in Bible understanding. There's a reason why uh, Michigan State does not have an advanced course in Bible understanding. There's a reason why many a college does not have an advanced course in Bible understanding. Because Bible understanding is not purely about academics and logic and rationale. It is about a relationship with Jesus Christ and the opening of the eyes by the Spirit of Christ. The Bible says that an unsafe person doesn't get it. And the reason they don't get it is because they can't get it. So you can talk to somebody that doesn't get it if you want to. I would prefer to pray first. Knowing that God must open the eyes of a person in order for them to get it. And then, of course, it talks about the spiritual man in the sense of the spiritually mature man. And what 1 Corinthians 2 tells us about that guy is that he not only can eat, he not only can digest and understand God's word, he does. As a matter of practice, he eats. He can eat and he does eat. I won't ask you this morning to raise your hand because that's kind of goofiness, but nonetheless I could. How many of you can eat? How many of you do eat? Well, I would suggest that all of us that can do. If you can, you do. If you can, you do. If you can, you want to. If you can, you do. If you can, you do. You want to. Unless, of course, you're sick. And then if you're sick, you don't want to. And then if you're sick, you can. But your desires were contrary to your ability, and you do not have any practical benefit of the Word of God in your life today. And the Bible uses the word for that, carnal. And so I would suggest three terms in First Corinthians 2 and 3, natural, spiritual, carnal. The natural man can't get it. He has no ability to get it, and therefore he doesn't get it. Unless God, by the Spirit, opened the eyes of his understanding. The spiritual man can get it and does get it. And the carnal man can get it, but doesn't want to. Because he has an upset soul. He has an upset spirit. Just like many people I know have an upset belly. And so with that little explanation, we return to Hebrews 5, and we hear that there are people that are once again in need of baby formula, spiritually speaking. There are those that uh, can take something of food and nourishment as from God, but nothing strong, nothing solid. They've returned once again to a liquid diet. I simply identify for you then, once again, characteristic number two as a symptom of dullness of hearing God's word. Dietary problem, spiritual digestion problem. The first problem was spiritual development problems. No growth, no development. The second problem has to do with spiritual digestion problems. It's an amazing thing to think about and to appropriate. That brings us right into the flow of the uh, next thing as uh, talked about and uh, already read. And that has to do with what I call uh, a spiritual dexterity problem. Again, 13, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Inexperienced would be another good word in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. What's wrong now is not only a digestion problem of a sort, but now a spiritual problem operational problem, a spiritual dexterity problem. The partaker of a spiritual liquid diet only remains in a nepios, Greek word, or baby state. They are, according to this scripture, inexperienced. And what are they inexperienced in? They're specifically inexperienced in righteous living. See that? For everyone that uses, everyone on the bottle, everyone that needs the the spiritual liquid diet is inexperienced in the word of righteousness. What is that about? Well, the Bible is clear that Christ is our righteousness. And so the person that is a milk user only is a person that is an experience in the righteousness of Christ or the word of Christ or the logos of Christ. In other words, that individual, though a believer, does not have a practical experience in living the gospel. They may well be saved because of their heart faith in the gospel of Christ, but they are inexperienced in living the gospel of Christ, of knowing how to appropriate the righteousness before the throne of God that is exclusively mine in Jesus Christ, and not only resting in the joy that I am saved, but knowing that as I am being saved until I am saved, that I must experience again and again and again and again and again the righteousness of Jesus Christ applied to my life. Hebrews is identifying the fact that many of God's people are inexperienced in experiencing the righteousness of Christ. The word for baby here is a non-speaking child. The issue presented is that of the fact that the Bible has no uh, skill, no dexterity, no experience in the righteousness of Christ. It gives me no uh, joy to say that the vast majority of Baptist members I know across the nation are inexperienced in the righteousness of Christ. They do not know how to keep the gospel alive and before their minds day out and day in. They think they got their ticket, and they're not all wrong. But God wants people to grow. And God wants people to experience things. Now, for a Baptist to talk about experience almost sounds charismatic now, doesn't it? All oh, that we would be concerned about our experiences. And I would suggest to you, with the Bible open in our hands, we ought to be. We ought to be ex- uh, concerned about our experiences before the Lord. It's interesting because the word use... Could literally be translated habit. For everyone that uses milk or has the habit of milk is inexperienced in the word of righteousness. You know that the metaphor of milk is used by Peter uh, to say a very different thing. Peter says that you've tasted the Lord, uh, that you know the Lord is good, and that uh, uh, you and I ought to have a, a natural desire for the milk of the scriptures. Uh, there's nothing wrong with milk. Uh, we could uh, pick up and, uh, and uh, uh, desire no, uh, no payment from the milk industry to say, milk can do your body good. And uh, there's milk in the scripture. There's milk and easy things to grasp concerning Christ and his word that you've got and you should return to and that they are blessed things. And it's not by any means that we should be anti-milk people. Uh, uh, this is not an anti-dairy message. Uh, This is a message that simply is preached based upon the scriptures concerning inexperience in the life of a believer who has completely altered their life so that they only experience the habit of milk drinking and not allowing the Spirit of God to take them higher, deeper, wider in the things of Christ. I trust that you remember what Jesus said after the parable of the sower. He said one of those enigmatic things that cause your mind to really wonder is to, what exactly does that mean? Jesus said, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Two things said there about food in relationship to the seed of the Word of God. First thing is that if you receive the Word of God uh, in the moment in which it comes before you, by way of your own reading, your own study, by way of preaching, by way of teaching, if you receive it, if you use it, if you begin to appropriate it in that moment, well, then you'll get more. You'll get more because you used what you got. It's kind of like second helpings. You sit down to the dinner table, and there's a plate there for you. You eat it. When you're done, the cook says, would you like more? And and you get a second helping. And so uh, Jesus said that those that are uh, actively experiencing the word of God, bringing it into their lives and seeking to appropriate it in the ebb and flow of life and in the ebb and flow of service, that those are individuals that are going to get more more from God's table, more on their plate from God. And then there's also that other thing said in the words of Christ, which are really quite sobering when you think about it. And that is that Jesus said, take heed what you hear with the same measure you use. It will be measured to you. If all you ever drink in is the easy the milk of it, then the only thing you'll have is the milk of it. You will lack a sense of spiritual development. You will lack an appetite for greater spiritual digestion because of the assignment of your own soul to spiritual milk a dexterity problem, a problem relative to inexperience. And then the fourth thing, which of course is in the same zone, but stated a little bit different in verse verse 14, he goes on to say, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, or to them that are mature, Even those who by reason of use, remember what that word means, habit, even of those who by reason of habit or use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Back in the days when I was frequently asked to speak in the summertime to kids at camp, I would I'd get a stack of dollar bills, and uh, to make my point in one of my sermons, I'd walk around during the camp week, and I'd had, uh, hand some uh, uh, junior camper, I'd uh, hand them a dollar, and I'd say, "Here's a dollar. Would you do some exercises for me?" And they'd say, "What?" I'd say, "Here's a dollar." Would you do some exercise for me? Well, what do you want me to do? I said, I don't know. What can you do? Can you do push-ups? They say, yeah. I say, okay. Well, how about uh, I'll give you a dollar, and uh, and you do, like, uh, five push-ups for me. Okay? Sure. Go to another kid. Here's a dollar. I'd like you to do some exercising for me. And the kid say, What? I'd say, here's a dollar, and I'd like you to do some exercising for me. And, uh, and I say, I, they said, say, well, what do you want me to do? I'd say, well, can you do jumping jacks? You know, can you do this? Of course, I'm not jumping. I'm just moving my arms. But anyhow, can you do that? Yeah. Give them a dollar. Well, I'd to hand out 10 15 bucks and get a bunch of kids exercising for me. And then at chapel at the nighttime, I would ask the whole group of kids, uh, can you pay a person to exercise for you? And they would all say, no. Let me ask you something. Can you pay a pastor to exercise for you? You do pay your pastor. <laughs> I can testify to that. And well, thank you. But my exercise in of itself doesn't do you any good unless you hear it and appropriate it and bring it into your life. Again, verse 14, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of habit or use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil, without progression and use of the word of God in actual life. The ability to discern what's good and better and best is lost. And you find yourself in a weakened state, and as a milk drinking believer alone, you find yourself being drawn into things that you should never be drawn into. You find yourself collecting preachers and teachers to try to find one that's going to satisfy your itching ears and yet not be able to come to the acknowledgement of the truth which is in Christ it's interesting to me that the word good in verse 14 can also be translated beauty let me give you an updated suggestion for the verse Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both beauty and beast. You cannot understand the beauty of it nor the beast of it apart from the word of the living God. You ought to be serious about your drinking in of the scriptures in daily life, in weekly worship life. Without the word of God, a person cannot discern the bad, the ugly, and the beastly. Without the word of God, you cannot know the beauty of life, nor the beast. The word of God is a person to be received. The word of God is a written communication to be believed. Believing and receiving the word of God is an ongoing Necessity. By the gospel, one comes to understand, place faith, and is saved. By the gospel, we come to understand our standing in the Lord and ask the Lord for grace to ring true during the days of earthly sojourn. As you might guess, I have little regard or fond memory For that 81 Oldsmobile wagon. And in fact. Although it was really a good looking car. And it can honestly be said. That it ran. For the most part. Very very well. The only thing that's in my mind. Concerning it is. Sluggish. I must confess. That I hold no sluggish believer. Of the past or the present. In high regard. Sluggishness ultimately, is a sin. The sluggishness of the Hebrews demands fixing. If you're sluggish, you need to be fixed. We've known some that were spiritually sluggish and have been gloriously and truly fixed. They were all fixed in the same way, by renewal of relationship In Christ, day by day. Christ is not the decision of a moment. He is the day-by-day experience of a lifetime. Yes, you've made a good decision. Thank God for that. Now the gospel that impacted you on spiritual Sunday ought to get a hold of you on spiritual Monday and spiritual Tuesday and spiritual Wednesday so that you develop as a believer so that you can chew on the strong food of God so that you develop dexterity and agility to navigate the path of life. And so that your mind is able to discern that which is truly beautiful and that which is indeed beastly. Oh, wouldn't it be great this week if you and I could live in the realm of beauty the beauty of Christ, our Savior. Why we would find it easy to talk a little more about the Lord Jesus. Father, thank you for a very illustrative text that truly encourages us to be serious about drinking in the Word of God on a daily basis, whether it be reading or hearing or or studying ourselves or whether it be appropriating the things that are taught and preached in the gatherings of the local church. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the liberty that we have enjoyed in the Word of God. We have been absolutely dependent upon thy blessed spirit for these hours, and we are thankful to come to you at the end of them this morning and looking forward to the aspect of what you will do in our lives, that the beauty of our Lord may rest upon the people in this congregation. This we pray in Jesus' name and for His blessed sake, Amen.